Well, good morning to all the mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, would-be mothers, would-be grandmothers, and everybody else as well. So I'm sure that you all feel included, and uh, good morning to, to you all, and great to have visitors and those who are back from leave and away and everything else. Well, I just want to give you a little background this morning before I get too far. Today is uh, exactly 107 years since Mother's Day, as we know it, was launched. I read an article in a newspaper, and uh, everything in the newspaper is correct, as you know. Um, but this was in the Tasmanian paper, so it's especially true, you know. Uh, so, here we are. This was written some years ago. Mother's Day has its root in religious tradition. Now... This is false religion uh, when I read this to you. Mother's Day and Father's Day, although secularised and often commercialised, have their roots in religious tradition. Some thousands of years ago, mothers were venerated as a source of new life. A festival was dedicated to a mother goddess and observed at the time of year when nature renewed itself. On this feast, known to the Romans as Hilaria, um, perhaps where we get Hilarious from, um, <laughs> Grateful children brought offerings to the temple to honour the mother of the gods. So you can see it's a false religious sort of practice way back then. The church adopted and adapted this celebration uh, to its own faith. It was introduced as Mothering Sunday, uh, kept on the fourth Sunday in Lent. The apprentices who lived away from home were given a day's leave to enable them to join their families uh, for the special occasion. They did not come empty-handed but brought with them a small gift for their mother. Mostly this, this was uh, what came to be known as mothering cake, baked by themselves or for them by their employer. The beautiful practice lapsed and with it, for most people, the observance of Mothering Day. So that was start and finish of Mothering Day. It was revived in its modern form as Mother's Day only last century by the determination of one woman who never was a mother herself. She was an American, a minister's daughter, Anna Jarvis. Had a look on the uh, web last night and uh, that confirmed that, so it's true. Um, <laughs> if you can believe the web. Um, in 1864, um, uh, it was... It was um, yeah, she was born in 1864 in Grafton, a small west, a town in Western Virginia. She remained a spinster throughout her life. A teacher by profession and deeply devoted to her mother, she was all the more horrified to see adult children neglect their mothers. She made it her goal to change the attitude and indifference. One day every year she felt she should have again be set aside to pay tribute to all mothers since theirs is the only love that asks for no return. At the suggestion of friends in Philadelphia, to, the, to which city she and her mother had moved, she started to write hundreds of letters to influential people. A special, though sad, opportunity offered itself when her mother died. In her honour, she arranged that service to be held in, both, in churches in both Grafton and Philadelphia. And this is how, on the 10th of May, on the 10th of May, 1908, so that's 107 years ago, she launched the modern Mother's Day. It was the second day uh, in May, a, a second Sunday in May, a date which has never changed since, because 
White carnations had been her mother's favourite flowers. She had them distributed at those very first services. Now, when I was a boy, some years, a few years ago, um, we used to wear white carnations. Can you remember that? You don't? Wasn't it practice in Queensland? Ah, dear, dear, dear. Who's behind? Queensland or Tasmania? But we... (laughs) We used to go to church on Sunday morning, five little boys done up in our suits and short trousers with always a white carnation uh, in respect to, to mother. And I understand that as a white carnation, if you, oh, as a matter of fact, I wish Dorothy had bought me some yesterday, I would have worn one today, but apparently it's white if your mother's already died it's, and you wear a coloured one if she's still alive. But I'm surprised, no one knows much about that practice. Well, well, must be strangers out in Tasmania. Are we, are we more traditional? We kept with the tradition. Okay, so she had white carnations, um, not carnations. Yes, she did white carnations. We had white chrysanthemums. Her example, widely reported, caught people's imagination and the letters she continued to write in ever greater number hit home. So if you've got an issue, keep at it and you might get there. Ultimately, on the 9th of May 1914, that's 101 years ago, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the official celebration of Mother's Day throughout the United States. And uh, also that's similarly followed over in the UK, and that's why we have Mother's Day today. But it's always good to honour our mothers Well, what do you think about when you think about Mother's Day? You think about love, number one. You think about relationships. You think about influence of a mother. We think about strength, strong women. You think about stickability. Um, Henry Bosch wrote this article some years ago in, in Daily Bread, talking about the influence of godly moms, mothers. Many people have been richly blessed by what they learnt at their mother's knee. Consider John and Charles Wesley. Their names would probably never have lighted the pages of history if it hadn't been for their godly mother, who taught them about love and Christian witness was to be their daily guide. Susanna Wesley spent one hour each day praying for her 17 children. Well, an hour a day. In addition, she took each child aside for a full hour every week to discuss spiritual matters with him or her. No wonder John and Charles uh, were used of God to bring blessing around the world. Here are a few rules she followed in training her children. (coughs) Excuse me. Subdued self will in a child and work together with God. Teach him or her to pray as soon as he can speak. Giving nothing he cries for and only what is good for him if he asks for it politely. (laughs) Wow, don't see so much of that today, do we? To prevent lying, punish no fault that is freely confessed, but never allow a rebellious sinful act to go unchecked. Commend and reward good behaviour Strictly observe all promises you have made to your child. So if you make a promise to a child and tell them you're going to do this or do that, well, then you do it. Let us honour our godly mothers today, <coughs> excuse me, not only with words of praise for them, but with lives that reflect the impact 
of their holy influence. A little poem says, Of all the earthly things God gives, there is one above all others. It is the precious, priceless gift of loving Christian mothers. This is what Abraham Lincoln said. All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. He also said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Theodore Hesburgh said, the most important thing that a father can do for his children is to love their mother. You've probably heard of these uh, sayings before. The most important thing a father can do is to love the mother. And before we get on to the real message, and I realise that we'll fly through, have to fly through that, but A Mother's Love by Helen Steiner Rice. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It is made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails or falters, even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns, and it glows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining, it it defies all explanation, and it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. A many splendorous miracle man cannot understand and another wondrous evidence of God's tender guiding hand. The mother's love and we we honour our our mothers and uh, we're so thankful for them even today as we should be every day. (coughs) Well, let's move on. How does a mother show her love? It's not going to work for Here we are. Well, it's by the things she does. Mother's going all the time. My mother literally rang, ran because she's running a post office and a telephone, manual telephone and a shop and trying to rear five boys. And, uh, and then, um, especially after Dad died, she was only 48, I think, and she had four of us at home to take care of. And so it's the things that she does and the things that she says, the kind words uh, and, and her understanding heart. But just being mum, what a difference she makes. And uh, most of us are privileged and I respect that some may not have had loving, caring mums like some of us may have done, but we, we're just so thankful for the love that our mothers have shown um, in their lives uh, toward us. Our responsibility, the Bible gives us a lot of uh, teaching about our responsibility towards our mothers Exodus is one of the Ten Commandments. You shall honour your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that they were going into to honour our mother and our father. And it's one of those first commandments with promise because in Ephesians chapter uh, 6 and verse 1, it says, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is the right thing to do. We know that. It's right to obey our parents in the Lord. And and Ephesians 6 and 2 uh, repeats that commandment to honour your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land. 
I know God does take people earlier than, than we might expect our 70 years or whatever. But God has a purpose and God's divine and uh, God will act as he always sees fit. But the general principle is that we obey our parents. It's right. Leviticus 19 and 3 says we are to respect every one of you. It says every one of you without fail is to respect or to revere his mother or her, or her mother and father. Proverbs has a lot to say about our respect for women and our mothers. It says a wise man makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Anyone who despises his mother is a foolish man. Don't despise her when she is old. Rather, make her rejoice. Never despise an older person, especially your mother. Remember that you are getting older too. And uh, we'll all get old sometime. And uh, we'll make her heart glad and she's to rejoice. Do not forsake the law or the instruction of your mother. The foolish son is the grief of his mother. No matter how old, no matter how young, don't rob your father or your mother. Make them happy. Make them rejoice. Seven days before my mother died, it was on her 77th birthday, she said to me on the phone, some of the last words she said to me was, I didn't really need to worry about you boys after all. So it took her 77 years to come to that conclusion that she didn't have to worry about us boys after all. And she was reasonably happy. And, um, and uh, she was with her daughters-in-law too. She went through all of those and said how, uh, how much she appreciated them. Now I just want to look very, very briefly at three mothers uh, in the Bible. We'll go right back to Genesis uh, chapter 3 and verse 20 and we find that Adam called his wife's name, name Eve because she was the mother of all living. I only found four mentions of the word Eve, the name Eve in the Bible but I've, there's lots of Adam's wife of course but Eve was four occasions and she was called Eve because she was the mother of all the living. She was the earthly mother of all the living was Eve. The next lady, the next mother, I want us to look at. Her meaning name means life or living. Was Mary the mother of Jesus? Jesus was the giver of eternal life. He was the giver of spiritual life. We have our physical life coming through Eve. We have our spiritual life coming through the son that, that Mary bore and brought into this world, the Lord Jesus, who was the giver of eternal life. And we read about that in Luke chapter 1, of course, in these verses. And when the angel came to Mary, the angel said, Hi, Mary, you are highly favoured one. Blessed are you amongst women. She was highly favoured. She was a godly young virgin woman. And God had chosen her to bring the Lord Jesus, and she was blessed um, amongst women. She had found favour with God. She respected God and she had a, a, a wonderful uh, knowledge of God, a godly young lady. 
she went, when she was told that she was to have this child, she went to see her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth said to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed are the fruit of your womb. I know that we make nothing today, or very little, of Mary. Some go overboard and uh, just put her up on a high pedestal, and some even believe that they need to come to the Lord Jesus through Mary. Well, we don't believe that, of course. We come straight to the Lord Jesus. But Mary is blessed amongst women, and she highly, was highly favoured. And she wrote a song known as Mary's Magnificent. She actually, it's in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 50. She said, My soul magnifies. It declares the greatness of the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Saviour. All generations will call me blessed. You might just have a look at at, uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. Just have a look at a few of these words. This was her response to God. Luke 1 and 46 says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She was just an ordinary, beautiful young lady. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on all those who fear him from generation to generation. And so it goes on. She rejoiced in God, her Saviour. She had an understanding at an early age, and particularly as the angel came to bring this great news that she was to bring the Saviour into the world. How she knew how blessed she was, and she rejoiced in the God, her Saviour, that He had visited her, and uh, she was going to be blessed and called blessed in all generations. As as our Lord Jesus grew up, now before that, her example, first of all, she was obedient to God's will. In verse 38, she says. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. Whatever you want for me, God, I'm happy to do. I'm blessed and I'm happy that I'm going to bring this child, the Son of God, into the world. She was obedient. And then her meditation, as the shepherds came and they came to worship in the, in the inn, and making so much of of. of, of Having, having known that the baby was the son of God and rejoicing, Mary is quietly sitting there. And the Bible says that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She was a humble lady. She gave very good advice at the Lord's first miracle at the Cana of Galilee. He said to those people when they'd run out of their wine and then they came and they asked, that, could Jesus make some more wine for them? And she said to them, whatever he says to you, do it. Now that's great advice. 
whatever he says, whatever God says to you, whatever God makes plain to you that he wants you to do for his glory and for his purposes, do it. Great advice. She gave great advice to them. Later, after the resurrection and after the Lord had gone back into glory, we read that the disciples went back into Jerusalem and Mary, well, they went back to a prayer meeting and there's a lot of the women went there as well. And the Bible tells us that Mary was at the prayer meeting with the disciples after, they, after Jesus had returned to heaven. She was really a spiritual mother as well. She was with the disciples in that prayer meeting. She was a spiritual, spiritual lady and a spiritual mother, no doubt, to many. Just think for a moment at the cross and think of Jesus' care and love for his mother. He's hanging there dying and he looks around the crowd and he sees his mother. And he says, woman... Behold your son. Look. Mary no doubt realized that this son she'd born into the world was the son of God and he was laying down his life for the world, including her. The Lord Jesus had taken her place. But then the Lord Jesus looks to John and he says to John, your but I won't Um, yeah so the relationship behold your mother John here's your mother take care of her another lady the third lady that I want to look at just briefly is Hannah Hannah was a worthy mother as we have in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and in chapter 2 she had a love and a desire for a child. She was barren. She was unable to have children. And she prayed earnestly to God. They made fun of her because she was unable to have a child. And she frequently prayed to Jehovah God and focused her earnest and persevering prayer. She continued in prayer uh, that she might have a child. And she was, um, uh, the, the Bible talks about her being in bitterness, but she was con- discontent with the things that were. She, she longed to have a child. But she made a vow to God. And she said to God, God, if you give me a little boy, a male child, I'm going to give him back to you to serve you. And she had a desire for a child to serve God. And many today have no such desire for their children. 
But it's the greatest thing that we as mother and fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers can have for our children is that they might come to know him as Saviour and Lord and that they might have a desire to follow him. She had a faith in God's promises. She knew God's promises and she had a faith in them. She kept her vow to God. God answered her prayer. And little boy, whose name was Samuel, was given back to God and he became a Nazarite. She had an understanding of God and his program for the future. And God answered her prayers and she had this baby boy called Samuel. Samuel was to become a faithful prophet with a close relationship with God and was to have a mighty influence uh, in, uh, amongst the people round and about him. He faithfully followed God. Well, we are to love God. But Jesus said that we are to love God more than our mothers and fathers. Now, that sounds pretty strong, doesn't it? But God expects that we will love him. Jesus said on one occasion, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You see, by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have come into a new relationship. A relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ which is higher than any relationship that we might enjoy here on earth. We're brought into this relationship, and so, so the Lord Jesus is saying that we are to love him, love God. One of those commandments, have no other gods beside him. There was another occasion. You see, we're now part of God's family, but there was another occasion when Jesus' mother, uh, Jesus was in a house, obviously, and uh, his mother and brothers had come to see him. And this message came through to the Lord Jesus, your mother and father, your mother and, and your brothers are here to see you. And he said, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Whoa. And he said that those who do the will of my father is my brother, my sister, and my mother. He has a relationship with all of us if we come and trust him. We are part of the family of God and that's the greatest privilege that we can have here on earth that we are part of the family of God. As much as we love our families, we love God greater because he's done so much for us. And he says, those who do the will of God, my father, is my brother and sister. Those who enter into an everlasting relationship with Christ are now part of the family of God. God wants us to hear the word of God and to do it. God speaks to us through his word. John says that the world is passing away. And all the desire of it. But he or she who does the will of God abides forever. 
If we do the will of God, we're his brothers and we're his sisters, we're his mothers. And God wants us to do his will. And whoever does the will of God abides forever. Do we have that relationship with Christ? It's God's will that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. This is God's will for a fallen mankind that all should come to, to, to repentance. Are we a part of God's family today? Do we love God more than these? Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Whatever those these were, it could have been his fishing, could have been his brothers, and all of these things, do you love me? And the Lord Jesus is asking us this morning, do you love me? If you love me, keep my commandments. Do the will of my Father who is in heaven. You know, a life without Christ is a wasted life. Something to think about. A life without Christ is a wasted, is a life wasted. But a death without Christ is an eternity lost. We're praising God this morning because this dear sister has passed into the presence of the Lord. She had eternal life. And so many pass from this world without Christ. And it's an eternity lost. Where do we stand before God today? As we think of the love that's shown towards us by our dear mothers, as we think of the love that is shown toward us through God and through his Son, Jesus Christ, what is our response today as believers in him, as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ? We are the witness that God has, has in the world today of the love of the Lord Jesus and the love of God. And he wants us to trust him. If we've never come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then there's no better day than today. This is God's day. It's the Lord's day. We remember our mothers, our mother's day. What a joy it would bring to mothers' hearts to know that their children are following him. It's one of the greatest joys. John said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are following God. And I quoted that to all of my family as they made their 21st or 18th birthday. I have no greater joy than to know that they are following God. And serving him. And uh, that'll be a great time to do that. But let's love God. We have very short time here on earth. We are living in the last of the last days. And the Lord Jesus is coming very soon. We need to love him. We need to serve him. While he gives us day and time and opportunity. I trust these thoughts this morning might be a, a real blessing to each of our hearts as we leave this place. Let's close in prayer. Father, it's good for us to be here this morning and to worship you and to remember you. And Father, there's no greater love than the love of the Lord Jesus. Father, to think that he went to Calvary's cross 
to give his life to go through all the agony and pain that men heaped upon him but then Lord to, for him to go through all the, all, all the um, suffering that he bore as he bore our sin in his own body on the tree and bore it all just just for us but for the whole world and Father that just, just, that just is beyond our understanding this morning and we thank you for the love of the Lord Jesus that has been shown toward us and we pray that that love will be shed abroad in our hearts and Father we might have a like love that we might love others just as he has loved us, us. and so Father today and for this week as we leave here we thank you for the time we can spend in your presence and as again we are reminded of the love of our mothers Lord that has just been so wonderful and we will appreciate that all our lives but Father we, we, we thank you for your love that just nothing can compare with it and we just pray that that will motivate our hearts and our lives because it's the love of Christ that compels us Lord, may that compel us this week to serve you faithfully and uh, we might seek to be a witness wherever we are. We commit ourselves to you then. Bless the remainder of the day and the fellowship we enjoy as we commit ourselves to you and give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.